this is Dr. John Day. Welcome to the Longevity Plan Podcast. This is podcast number 229. As a star today, first I thought I'd share with you a, a great testimonial. We've have, now have had uh, 35 reviews on Amazon for our new book, The Longevity Plan. 35 out of 35 have been five star. Thank you all very much for those of you who have already uh, rated it and reviewed it. I think that says a lot for the quality of the book. It took five years to write. I hope it's good. And from the letters and emails that I'm receiving from many of you every day, it sounds like it's it's really helping. But let me read one. This is from uh, Lonnie Northrup. In a fast-paced world of excessive complexity and conflicting voices and opinions, Dr. John Day has extracted and highlighted some key principles for long-term health and happiness. The stories of centenarians in China and his personal experiences with them is very engaging, and the principles he highlights are both well-researched and accessible. A strong voice for a more simple approach to better health, happiness, and longevity. Additionally, Dr. John Day's blog is one of the most valuable sources for good health advice that is not compromised by self-interest, a must-read for anyone seeking a better quality of life. Thank you so much, Lonnie. I appreciate that kind review you you left on Amazon. And uh, I'm going to just try to keep sharing some of these with you for over the next few weeks. These are great testimonials. And if you haven't picked up a copy of it yet, you'll want to do so. So let's uh, get back to our topic. This is podcast number 229. And the topic is just thinking you should exercise more may cause an early death. Now, this is a little bit different than what you typically hear from me, but there's a very powerful principle here. And so the question is, do you ever feel like you should be exercising more? If so, you may have just increased your risk of an early death by 71%, according to a new Stanford study. In this podcast, I'm going to review this latest study and offer practical tips to a more mindful approach to physical activity. Kristen's experience. Like most young moms, Kristen had too many things on her plate. Trying to care for small children while at the same time meeting her employer's demands and somehow finding time to get to the gym... It was just too much. She knew she should exercise more. However, there were just not enough hours in the day. The guilt and shame that came from the feeling that she was slacking off on her exercise really worried her. This worry ultimately led to heart palpitations, an emergency room visit, and then to a consultation with me in my cardiology clinic. Fortunately, all of Kristen's tests came back normal. Knowing that her heart was still strong allowed me to help her develop a more practical and mindful approach to physical activity. The I Should Exercise More study. In another brilliant study on the mindfulness component to physical activity, Dr. Alilia J. Crum, and she's published a number of studies in this area, and so, and we've referred to some of these in previous podcasts, and anyway, from... Dr. Crum and her colleagues from Stanford University tackled the health risks that come from guilt and shame, at least guilt and shame with uh, the sense that you should be exercising more. To address these health risks, Dr. Crum studied 61,141 Americans over the course of 21 years. In this study, Dr. Crum asked participants how they felt about the amount of exercise they were doing in comparison to others. And right there, you know you're in trouble. Whenever you're comparing yourself to somebody else, you're always setting yourself up for problems. Interestingly, those who felt 
that they just weren't exercising enough or weren't measuring up to the competition were 71% more likely to die over the 21 years of the study. So just the sensation that, you know, I really should be exercising more right there, it boosts your risk of a premature death by 71%. Now, what makes Dr. Crumb's study really interesting is that even if you were exercising, so even if you're doing everything right, you're exercising, you're eating right, you're maintaining a healthy weight, you're doing everything, but yet when you start comparing yourself to others, you feel like you're slacking off on your exercise, that also increased your risk of dying prematurely. So even if you're doing a great job, just comparing yourself to somebody else also set you up for a premature death. Because whenever we try to compare ourselves to someone else, for some reason, that critic in our head always tells us we're not good enough. You should be doing more. And so this study highlights the importance of a mindful approach to exercising. Exercising is not about comparing yourself to someone else. And it also raises the possible dangers of a nocebo effect. While everyone has heard of the placebo effect, many of you, at least new podcast listeners, those who've been with me for a while already know what a nocebo is, but many of you may not be fully aware of the flip side, which is the nocebo effect. With the placebo effect, So this is the positive one. The mere thought that a food, supplement, medication, or procedure will help you, guess what? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think that vitamin D supplement you're going to take is going to somehow cure you of everything, then there's a good chance that it will. For example, studies show that a dummy pill, so this is a dummy pill, can actually be curative in up to 62% of cases. Studies like these highlight the untapped power of the mind to heal us. However, there is a flip side to the placebo effect. It is called the nocebo effect. With the nocebo effect, people who believe that a food, supplement, medication, or procedure will harm them also causes it to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this is something that I see every day in my cardiology practice. People who are convinced that they're that one in a million patients who are going to get that side effect or have that complication, well, guess what? they're probably right. Conversely, those people who think that a treatment is going to work for them, they're also generally right. While the mind can heal us, it can also cause disease. This study from Dr. Crum and her team at Stanford University raises the question that the feeling we just don't measure up when it comes to exercise may put our hearts and our lives at risk. Eliminate the word exercise. I wish we could just eliminate the word exercise exercise from the English language. The problem is that when many people hear the word exercise, they immediately feel guilt and shame from not measuring up. Too often, when we hear the word exercise, we feel like we should be going to the gym more often. While hitting the gym is a great way to exercise, it is also a huge time commitment. Most busy people that I know anyway don't have one to two extra hours laying around that they can just hang out at the gym every day. Not to mention the fact that many people, myself included, hate going to the gym. Replace exercise with physical activity. The solution is to replace the word exercise with physical activity. Physical activity doesn't carry all of the guilt and shame that exercise does. It is also something that is much more practical. For example, if the goal is physical activity, then you will probably be much more likely to take the stairs rather than the elevator. Also, if the goal is physical activity, then you will be much more likely to walk over to a colleague or a neighbor's house than to use the phone, email, or a text message. 
while a mindfulness-based approach. So with a mindfulness-based approach, we can re-engineer physical activity back into our lives. Exercise is just a modern-day phenomenon. It's not really accomplishing anything. We're just spinning our wheels, spinning the treadmill. Historically, our ancestors didn't exercise. Rather, they were just physically active throughout the day. And this fits nice with studies that show that if you're sitting all day long and then you go and kill it at the gym for an hour or two, you can't replace, you can't undo the damage that happens from sitting all day long. We need to be physically active throughout the day, every day. Physical activity in China's longevity village. If you were to ask any of the centenarians in China's longevity village what they do for exercise, they would look at you like you were crazy. No one exercised in the village. It never even occurred to them that they should be exercising. So there was no guilt and shame because they didn't even realize that that's what you should be doing. The people in the longevity village were physically active naturally throughout the day. Everything they did was physically active. From the moment the sun rose until it set at night, their lives were in a state of continual motion. This perpetual physical activity helped them to escape most of the medical conditions that plague us in the modern world. Everything you need to know in order to thrive to age 100 and beyond without the need for medications or procedures can all be found in this book, The Longevity Plan. It's been an Amazon number one bestseller. If you haven't picked it up yet, you'll want to do so. Practical tips. So let's bring it on home. As a thought, I should exercise more may put you at risk of an early death. So don't have that thought anymore. Don't be thinking I should be exercised more. Let me offer a few practical tips. So here they are. There are three practical tips. Number one, set realistic expectations. If you have a young family and a busy job, it will be hard for you to get to the gym. There's a time and a season to everything in your life. Likewise, if you are older and have mobility issues, it may also be hard for you to make it to the gym. Rather than beat yourself up about not exercising enough, and we've talked about in the study, feeling like you're not measuring up increases your risk of a premature death by 71%, the solution, set realistic expectations. Start first with the simple things you can do to re-engineer physical activity back into your life. For example, if you have young children, could you push them in a jogger stroller or pull them in a bike trailer? I know that's something we do every day. Every day we've got our little Matthew, our little one-year-old. He's either in the bike trailer or he's in a jogger stroller and we're taking him around. He likes cruising around periodically. We get him out, let him play. He loves it. If your children are older, could you go on family bike rides? And that's something we also do on almost every day here in the summer is, you know, we get the whole family. We pull little Matthew in the bike trailer and all of our other children are on their own bicycles at work. Could you commit to never taking the elevator again? Look at the elevator as something evil. Never step foot in it again. Don't even push the button. In addition, could you set your smartwatch or smartphone to remind you to get up and walk every 30 minutes? At home, could you get rid of the TV remote control? Even better, could you get rid of your TV or get rid of your couch and replace it with a treadmill? This would at least force you to move your body more. The key for busy people is to make the world your gym. So that's a new concept. Make the world your gym. If you view the world as your gym, then it won't be hard to re-engineer physical activity back into your life. Number two. So that was number one, was set realistic expectations. Number two, give yourself credit for what you are already doing. Many people are too hard on themselves. Just like the 61,000 people in Dr. Crumb's study, many people are always comparing themselves to others. Just because your friend is always wearing their workout clothes doesn't mean they are any healthier than you are. Stop comparing yourself to other people. 
carrying a young child in your arms all day long may be a better workout than lifting weights at the gym. Likewise, walking up the stairs to the 10th floor may be a much better workout than the Stairmaster or the elliptical machines at the gym. Even the movements of yard work or housework may be as effective as stretching at the gym. You need to give yourself credit. And this was shown in a previous study by Dr. Crum. We've covered this before about the hotel housekeepers study. What they found is that these housekeepers had horrible health even though they were physically active all day long. Why? Because they never viewed what they were doing as physical activity. When Dr. Crum educated them exactly what they were doing, how it was the equivalent of killing themselves at the gym for several hours, these hotel maids, suddenly their health turned around, their blood pressure dropped, their cholesterol levels dropped. Why? Because now they viewed what they were doing. They were giving themselves credit for what they were already doing. So we have to have that mindfulness component to everything that we do like the hotel maids. They were working hard, very physically demanding work, but because they did not view it as exercise, they did not, it's like their body didn't give them credit. So give yourself credit for what you're already doing. Now, the flip side is you have to be mindful of the ways you are moving throughout the day. Give yourself credit, but then again, don't give yourself too much credit, which can also happen. So that leads us nicely into number three, track yourself. Tracking brings awareness. For many of us, Life is kind of like a blur sometimes. Studies show that the mere act of tracking your steps subconsciously increases your daily step count by 2,491 steps. When you do the math, 2,491 steps translates into walking more than one extra mile each day. I personally can't think of an easier way to boost your physical activity. Just tracking yourself increases your daily walking by more than a mile with absolutely zero, 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 zero willpower required. Long term, tracking your physical activity could lead to the same scenario of should be exercising more. With a more mindful approach to physical activity, you don't need to track yourself forever. Just periodically check in and see if you're still on track. As many people feel they should exercise more or should be doing more, probably an equal number of people overestimate their physical activity. In my experience, not giving yourself enough credit and overestimating or giving yourself too much credit probably should be avoided for optimal health and longevity. So those were the three tips. Number one, set realistic expectations. Number two, give yourself credit for what you're already doing. Number three, track yourself. So what do you think? What are your thoughts about this latest uh, Dr. Crum Stanford University study? Do you agree with their findings? The findings that just thinking you're not measuring up or not doing enough exercise increases your risk of a premature death by 71%. I would love to hear from you, uh, your thoughts, your questions. Please go onto my website, drjohnday.com or thelongevityplan.com. Find blog number 229. Scroll down to the bottom. Post your questions. Post your comments. I'll do my best to answer every question as quickly as I can. Sometimes it takes a couple days. Most of the time, I can try to do it within 24 hours. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you've not yet picked up a copy of our new book, The Longevity Plan, or signed up for our free weekly newsletter and podcast, now would be a great time to do so. Thank you so much for listening, and until next week, keep living better. Thank you for listening to The Dr. John Day Show. Now is the time for you to live better. Go to drjohnday.com to sign up for Dr. Day's newsletter, daily success tools, and more. It's never too late to change. 